0: If you've ever clicked deep into the Netflix gubbins, you may have been surprised by the wonders hidden down there. One of the treats that's been bubbling on the info floor is Chinese animation, or Donghua, until recently, nowhere near as famous as its brethren in the US or Japan. But films like Whitesnake and sequel Green Snake, now on Netflix, are part of a long and often interrupted Chinese tradition, as writer and super fan Xueqing Christine Ni, now Explains. As a child living in China during the 1980s, I grew up with its animation classics from the 60s and 70s. These were often repeated on TV. But when it came to the new works, I stuck with anime and Western cartoons such as Shira, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers. It wasn't until I'd emigrated to Europe and returned to study in Beijing in the late 2000s that I began to be impressed by new Chinese output. When you think about animation, China may not be the first place you think of. You might picture the charming works of Disney or the ultraviolence of Japanese anime or perhaps the slapstick of Looney Tunes. But the history of Donghua Chinese for animation, is long and full of beautiful works that are not as appreciated in the West as they could or should be. The story of Donghua does indeed begin in the Tiny studio in 1920s Shanghai, where three art students who taught themselves filmmaking techniques from Disney movies made their very first animation. The Wan brothers then went on to make Asia's first monochrome animation feature, Princess Iron Fan. Released in 1941, it depicts a famous episode in one of the greatest Chinese epics, Journey to the West, based on the real journey of the monk Xuanzang during the Tang Dynasty. You may know it as Monkey King or Monkey Magic. Although Monkey King in this animation bears a resemblance to Mickey Mouse, the film retains a uniqueness in motion and art style based on traditional aesthetics. Cinema technology evolved. As did filmmaking, and as China became the People's Republic and talent was brought into large state run organizations, the iconic Shanghai Animation Studios was formed, and a golden age of Donghua was born. The 1950s-60s saw innovation in animation techniques based on traditional and folk art, such as wood puppetry, paper cutting, and ink wash animation. Jinxi's 1955 adaptation The Magic Paintbrush still finds echoes in global children's literature today. Based on Hong Xuntao's classic Magical Painter Ma Liang, it tells the tale of a poor boy who meets an immortal and is granted a paintbrush that makes whatever he draws come alive. A few years later, the vivid underwater scenes created by Turwei in his 1961 where his mother became the world's prototype of finding Nemo in Chinese watercolors. Some of this classic output even made it over to the other side of the world. During the technician strikes of 1984, the BBC had to look further for content curation. And on Sunday, the 23rd of December, brought Little Nurjar fights Great Dragon King to Anglophone audiences. You may not have heard about the Wan Brothers' Uproar in Heaven, Asia's first animation feature in color from 1961, but you might know one of its biggest fans, the medic-turned-animator, creator of Astro Boy, Osamu Tetsuka. It was these films that inspired his works, and in turn, generations of Japanese animators. Even long-running shows like Dragon Ball Z still borrows from Shanghai animation studios frenetic energy, bright palette, and inspiration drawn from Journey to the West. Within China itself, much talent was lost through the political upheavals of the 70s. And the fame of Chinese animation seemed to die away. This did not mean that China simply stopped animating. But all this talent was put into making public information films instead. Eventually though, China realised its lost legacy, and the state began to publicly support and subsidise the development of the industry. There was an obvious period of catching up, with substandard flash animations and poorly realized CGI flooding Chinese television as a generation of filmmakers struggled to regain the skills the industry had lost. By 2008, the year that all eyes were on Beijing for the Summer Olympics, the Donghua industry had begun a new age in the 21st century. Works like Qin's Moon combined gorgeous art and much improved CG animation with Wuxia, one of China's best-loved heroic traditions, showing that China had once again returned to the quality needed for the world stage, as the huge success of Over the Moon and 2019's absolutely stunning White Snake have proven again and again. Based on one of the four greatest folk tales of China, the legend of Whitesnake has evolved within Chinese literature for over a millennium. Starting off as a cautionary tale and developing into a tragic love story, it's been the subject of multiple adaptations on stage and screen. This sequel on Netflix tells it from the perspective of Green Snake, a relatively recent addition to the legend. Retaining its Buddhist roots, it injects an alternative twist of diesel punk, a retrofuturistic fictional genre that draws aesthetically from diesel-based technology of the early twentieth century. You can already tell that the studios have big plans to cross over multiple films and build their own mythological cinematic universe. Let's go. I'm Mei Lee. I wear what I want, say what I want, 24, 7, 365. With China's huge cinema going audience mad for animation, it wasn't going to be long before my tail went full circle as Disney tries to capitalize on the trend. Later this year, we will see Pixar release Turning Red, a story about a Chinese family who just happens to turn into red pandas when they get emotionally excited. Usually, I'd cringe at a Western studio attempting to tell such a story. But with the Chinese-born director Domi Shu at the helm, we can only wait and see. Oh, Recruiting Christine Nee on the history of Chinese animation. Pixar's Turning Red will be coming to cinemas in March, in principle.